I believe there's a hero in all of us. You have great powers, only some of which you have yet discovered. I'm a superhero, I'm a real life superhero. The world needs extraordinary. We'll make you a superhero. Are you ready to become a hero? Initiating surprise in three, this two is one. The Real Brian Show. Yes, we are the show for the multi-passionates and people with a lot of curiosity and interests and insanity and fun. And, you know, we're here to make your day a little better. Cobra Kai season five is out. Quiet! Sorry. Uh, new music. Stargirl season three. Star Trek Lower Decks. So much going on right now. I mean, there's so much to watch. It's out of control. Oh, and Miss Light and I celebrated our 21st anniversary already, dude. So much to talk about. I traveled to this country in Genghis Khan's holy crib to absorb his power in three days. The entire world would hear my roar and willingly fall subject to the lost empire of Shanking. That is a lovely tie, by the way. May I ask where you acquire it? Brooks Brothers. Is that Midtown? 45th and Madison. You are a barbarian. Let's rock it! Oh, welcome to the Real Brion Show. Thank you for joining us. I am the Real Brion. I am the Captain Influenza. No. I am also a barbarian. You are a barbarian? Yes, and happy anniversary, dude. Thank you, man. That is a lovely tie you have there. I thought for, for some reason, I thought you guys would have been married longer than 21 years. Not that that's really? not a long time. No. I just, I just knew you guys had been married for a very long time, and now I remember how long. So, <laughs> Yeah, it was actually last week, um, but we celebrated, and you know, we celebrated a little bit. So we did this. We celebrated uh, at the Melting Pot. I don't know if you're familiar with that place. I am very familiar with the Melting Pot. It's extremely overpriced fondue. It is, Did you yes. like it? Oh, well, we've been there before, and yes. And I got to tell you, the only time we ever go, so every March they do this thing where it's two weeks, all the downtown restaurants, not all of them, but most of the downtown restaurants participate and they do very low pricing for certain oh. things. I mean, really low. Like it's affordable to go to a fondue place kind of thing. And Weird. then the other, and then what they do is they donate, it's either all or most of the proceeds towards local nonprofits, which is really cool. Oh, and cool. it's a That's two nice. week thing. And then you had the opportunity as well to purchase an additional donation, essentially, and so I think if I don't, I mean, it was not that much. Let's put it that way uh, as far as the requirements. So you you purchase a donation and then they gave out a full cheese fondue for two as well as the chocolate fondue and then a bottle of wine, like a 40 to $60 bottle of wine, which of course we don't drink. And so they, uh, they comped us a bunch of other stuff, oh, including a charcuterie. Yeah. Which was really, really nice. But I got to tell you, man, um, it, it, like the bill was a hundred bucks for two people and it was <laughs> yeah. completely comped. So that wow, was for, just for like a $30, $40 donation, I think is what it was. So it was a really nice thing that they did back in March. And that's how we got to celebrate our anniversary, which was nice. That's wonderful. The, the last yeah. time I was at the melting pot with some friends was probably mid 2000s. Yeah. It hadn't been open very long and I'll never forget it. Even back then, my my bill for myself just, and I didn't go nuts. I didn't drink a lot or anything like that. I don't think uh, it was $70. That's crazy, dude. I know it's For very fun overpriced. Dude. Yeah. I mean, and it's, it's just not that great. Oh, it I mean it is, but you could do it at home. That's yeah. the thing. For like a fraction of the price. 
it's, it's the ridiculous. experience, but it's fun. It is the experience. Yes. Yeah. You're and for the experience. The other thing we got to do too is uh, go to Breckenridge over the last weekend and this week a little bit too and uh, <laughs> hang out. And that was really nice. And uh, well, Breckenridge. Breckenridge, bro. Well, actually, are, it's funny because we're not in Breckenridge when we go. It's like in between Frisco and Breckenridge, kind of the Dillon yeah. Frisco. So you're kind of you're staying in a campground area and they've got these nice um, like chalets or whatever. They call them chalets. They're essentially small cabins. Uh, and they're small too, you know, like 400, 500 square yeah. feet kind of thing. But that's all you need. You know, you're just there. You're, you're hanging out. Uh, we got to spend time with friends and my parents were there and, you know, we did some biking, got out on the, the annual little boat thing that we do every time we go up. Well, it's not really always annual, but what's really cool is that, it, you know, it's not fall yet, although that's next week already, if you can believe that. <laughs> I but know, right? no in the mountains, dude, fall leaves start this time of year, early in the year, of course, because you're right. at 9,000 plus feet. So it's crazy, but uh, yeah, I can't believe it's been 21 years, man. It's it's because, you know, what's interesting is that we were on our honeymoon during 9-11 when it hit. So oh, wow. it was a very interesting time, but thankfully Dang. we almost took a cruise for our honeymoon and we decided that we would do the cruise for our first anniversary so that, you know, because, uh-huh. you know, you, you get done with the wedding, you're exhausted. <laughs> you don't want to go on a cruise. You want to go chill, you know, because it's it's been a lot of of prep and work and just insanity to get to that point. And so we're like, yeah, let's push it out. Well, we had some friends that got married right before us who went on a cruise and they got stuck out on the cruise ship for weeks because of 9-11. Yeah, they, they weren't bringing wow. ships into port because of that, because, you know, they're not American ships. Most of them, most of them are international right. companies. So, yeah, it was and it wasn't like it was, oh, cool. We got to celebrate on a ship for an extra three or four weeks. It was like, no, that wasn't actually fun. Right. Some of them You're ran like, out of food and stuff. Can I go home? Yeah. 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 So it was pretty bad. And, and we were very, very thankful that we had chosen to wait. <laughs> <laughs> so real, really, Ryan, what you should be saying is that the Miss Light has been putting up with yo butt for <laughs> 21 years. Yeah. Isn't that pretty amazing? It is amazing. C- kudos to her. Yeah. And, you know, and, and uh Give her a hug for me, will you? I will. And and it's interesting. We were talking about just the stuff we've gone through, you know, externally, internally. I mean, everybody goes through internal marriage stuff. I mean, no matter what people think, oh, Mm -hmm. we're going to be fine. Oh, no, you're going to go through stuff. You will. It depends on how you're going to get through it, you know, but man, we've had a lot happen to us. We've had a lot we've dealt through and worked through. And um, it's pretty miraculous that we're we're still going strong because we've gone through some pretty rough times. Um, but well, we've done it together. We stood together and we've, we've teamed together against the world. So I love it. You're married to an amazing woman. I have to tell yeah, you that. It's and true. so you, you kind of hit the jackpot with her and, uh, yeah, I don't see it. I don't see it. Uh, let's just say that 21 more years from now, we'll probably be celebrating again. Definitely. So. Definitely will. Yep. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'd like to say that maybe I'm kind of awesome, but she's definitely the, the better, for the, sure. the better awesome for sure. Yeah. yeah, you're quasi awesome. She's mega yeah. awesome. There you so. go. Quasi. It's kind of like in uh, in Chronicles <laughs> of Riddick, the quasi dead or yes. quasi evil. I'm quasi, quasi awesome. Dead. I like that. <laughs> oh, man, I got to tell you this, too. Uh, you know, I mentioned last week about visiting the, the cousins and stuff, and I, I don't know how yeah. much I went into the fact of how tough coming back was. I, I mentioned it, but it didn't really sink in, you know, because we're, you know, we were like nine, 10, 12 days after leaving. And it was still grieving the the distance. It's really weird. And it's not like I'm choosing it. It's just like, I can't get rid of it. It's it's, it's a very bizarre thing. Um, so, I mean, that was difficult as it was, but then it's like all of these other things just kept smacking us 
externally again too, you know, from all sides, you're just kind of doing your thing. And then it's like, bam, something else happens. Bam, something else <laughs> bam, happens. You hit the pavement. <laughs> yeah. Somebody's like, yeah, you, you hit the pavement. I know. And it's, well, I mean, but I that, know the feeling. that affects me though, because obviously I care about you and your health. And so, you know, that, that was traumatic for me, even though I wasn't the one that went <laughs> through it, but I also know what it feels like too. Cause I've been through it. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, there was that, but then, um, yeah, I got, I got told some things, uh, very politely and respectfully, but essentially like you're not good enough and successful enough sort of thing, you know, too, that just kind of, that kind of wrecked me a little bit and yeah, uh, it'll take the wind out of your sails when that happens. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I equated it to like multiple gut punches. And then when you're down trying to catch your breath, people are kicking you in the head. That's kind of what it felt like. So, but you've <sighs> obviously gotten yourself up, brushed yourself off and you keep going, right? I mean, well, I don't know if I've do gotten myself up and brushed myself off yet, but that is exactly what I'm in the process of trying to do. Yes, because I will Good. and I will that's keep going do. because that's the way it's going to be, but I wouldn't say that I'm up and like fine yet, but okay. I just was being honest. You know, I feel like uh, sometimes it's good to, to share a little honesty here because we all go through these things and I don't want anybody to feel like, oh man, Brian and Captain, man, they're just, they're always so good and everything's so good, man. Like <laughs> I suck, man. Why do I suck? And there's too, we, we all, we all have some suck fests and uh, we just got to get ourselves out of the suck fest sometimes. Yeah. We, we do curate the show to eliminate as much suckage as possible. That's yeah, true. That's right. You know, we want to suck the suck out of the suckage. Dude, I kind of like that's that. That's a t-shirt. I like that. Suck the suck out of the suckage. Oh, Man, that makes me happy. I got to tell you, um, I forgot to mention Buckwheat, my other cousin last week, and I yeah. feel really bad about it because I was talking about all the other cousins and all of a sudden I was like, ah, I didn't get I didn't get his story in because we were running long, you know? Yeah. Well, I just wanted to say Buckwheat is really, by the way, you remember we're using the gaming and radio uh, names because, you know, to to protect identities because yeah, anybody, yeah. yeah there's there's some agent kind of stuff going on in that family so anyway buckwheat is really into video by the way this is my 12 year, almost 13 year old cousin he is really into videos and video production and oh, cool. i gotta tell you like he is far better at video editing than i am and which really? is probably not that surprising i'm not that good it's just that like watching what he's done i'm going you need to teach me <laughs> like this is amazing so huh. we did a bunch of videos and i didn't mention this because I'm, I'm also kind of waiting to see like you know, if uh, skunk duck and I need that, I need a radio name for his wife. Cause I'm not going to use her real name, you know, <laughs> dang it. <laughs> or we at gotta... least a superhero name, right? Yeah, exactly. A radio superhero name. So I'm going to find one for you, by the way. I'm not, I'm not, you know, saying you're the, you know, skunk duck's wife. That's just a, we'll find a name for you. Anyway, I was waiting to see if they were comfortable having their kids on YouTube because most people aren't and that's okay. And I totally actually agree with that. You know, I think sure, there sure. are people who put their kids up on YouTube and I, I question that sometimes, you know, um, well, and, and they, they may question it years down the road as well. So yeah, and it's good that you're thinking of it right at, uh, up front. Exactly. We did some really, really cool videos and I wanted to showcase them, but it's kind of a matter of, should we put them up on the YouTube channel or not? So you may or may not ever see them, but I got to tell you, they were funny. They were good. Buckwheat is really getting into some pretty amazing video direction. Even like he was, he was doing some incredible cinematography. We were doing our lightsaber duel when pup Sweet got up, you know, she ignites the lightsaber and he does this real close up and it's only like her lips and the lightsaber. And then it kind of pans up to her nose. You don't even see her huh. eyes. And then it pans around her face. You never see her eyes. And I was like, that was so amazing. And that was all you should, that was contrived. I mean, he did that on purpose. It yeah. was all in the moment, uh, done with my phone for effect. Yep. 
cool. It was amazing. So, I mean, the kid's got talent. The kid's got, he's got an eye for this stuff and his production is amazing. And so I just wanted to mention him because I realized that we didn't mention him last week due to time and stuff, but um, man, and he's fun. He's, he's awesome. And I showed him the fire ants video from Tim, Tim Hawkins, uh-huh. which is awesome about the, you know, the, it's a song. So it's a poem that Tim Hawkins son wrote when he was, I think seven years old. And he was asking Tim, would you put it in, you know, into a song or something? And he said, sure. And then his son said, would you do it in your show? And he's like, no, <laughs> so it turns into, and you know, Tim is a very talented musician and songwriter too. And so it starts off with this very folky kind of song. And then it goes into like hard rock and there's like red lights and drums and stuff, but it's like this, I'm not going to sing, but it's like, Hey, little birdie such a pretty little birdie, but I see you have a broken wing. So I'm going to feed you to the fire ants and it goes into that. <laughs> and so I, that's been a fun little song for years, but we've, we've done that where it's like anything you could say is like, Hey, there little, whatever, you know, I see you, whatever. And then, and then feed you to the fire. ants. So it turned into this thing this whole week, you know, and anyway, good times. I can't wait to see where he goes. Cause I would love to work with him in the future when it comes to video stuff. Cause I honestly think we could come up with some exceptional yeah. stuff, but here you go. There's my little, that. my little share of the, of the week on that one. So good times, man. And what's this about Minecraft? I mean, I hate oh, to ask, but yeah, I guess I should bring up the Minecraft story. Do you really want to mention that? I, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so the, yeah. Okay. I'm going to bring this one up for the gamers and, and for you. Captain. For, so that we, so that we can embarrass you for this segment of the show. Go ahead. So first of all, Minecraft was one of those games that came out, I think, I don't know how long ago it's been, but we were adults. Well, it, it looks like it came out in 80, 82, maybe. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Maybe even 79. No, it, it might was the late 70s. I'd but say late it, 80s for sure. No, I don't know about that. Because of the I world. Well, they, were beyond, they were beyond that level of ridiculous They didn't, they didn't have 3D though back 80s. then. It was all 2D back then. So it's like, yeah, it's kind true. of a cross between 80s and then modern 3D and stuff like that. But anyway, the, the game is not a game we played because we were adults when it came out and it was definitely marketed at kids and stuff like that. And so we kind of were like, you know, (laughs) probably not going to get into it. It's too blocky for us, but I heard so many good things about it. There are so many YouTubers that put Minecraft out and get millions of views and they love doing it. It's very creative. (laughs) It's very, very open. Like you can do almost anything in that game. It's pretty amazing. If you zoom out far enough, I'm sure it's wonderful. (laughs) Well, there are mods that actually take away the blockiness and make it look pretty real too, which is kind of fun. Interesting. But anyway, the point is, is they've been trying to get me into playing Minecraft and I'm like, you know, I, I, okay, I'll play with you, but I I need to see it. And so they were showing me just so excited about it. Um, The four-year-old Drozerk, man, he was like, he went on for an hour and 45 minutes about it, I think with me. And uh, skunk duck, you know, my, my cousin's like, he never talks like yeah, this just, ever. He's never in wow. the four years he's been alive talked like this. And I was like, interesting. That's pretty awesome. So yeah, we talked about Minecraft together and other things, but then the other kids were showing me, you know, MZ's showed me all of her stuff and, and they really actually, they created a minion from scratch, full size giant minion. And then they were shooting arrows at him, which was kind of cool. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's really amazing actually what you can do with the game. So I said, okay, well I've got an Xbox. Like how about I'll do the dollar subscription for the Xbox one, you know, the month thing and right. I'll try it. And I played with them for an afternoon and I got to be honest, dude, it was really fun. I was surprised, <sighs> but here's the thing. I would never play by myself. <laughs> I just don't care playing with them though. I was like, this is actually kind of fun. I'm, I'm, I'm blown okay. away how, exciting it is and how creative it is. And so I was kind of like, you know, I, I could see doing it. <laughs> hey, there's value in it as an experience with your cousins. If you're having fun with them playing, oh, yeah. playing a ridiculously st- 
stupid blocky game with your cousins and you all having fun. That is awesome. And there's no one who can say negative about that. But I got to be honest, it looks stupid on the outside, but on the inside, it's really not. It's actually a pretty amazing game. It is annoying from a blocky standpoint for someone who plays, you know, modern games, but the game itself is very well done. But that, that just, that would make me more frustrated with it. It's like, if, if this game is this wonderfully functional and, and diverse and all that inside, how amazing would that same game be with good graphics? So why don't, why not take it to the next level? Interestingly, um, like MZ's is, uh, she's awesome. She is a very emotional and empathetic person at age eight. Therefore, she's also a little higher, uh, has a higher sensitivity towards things. And so certain things, you know, will still scare her. And obviously none of us want her to have nightmares. So what she was saying is that like Sea of Thieves skeletons, etc. versus a blocky skeleton or zombie or whatever in Minecraft, you know, the the blockiness just, I mean, it doesn't even phase her because it's so unrealistic that she can have a lot of fun and enjoy that. So there is something, and that's a perspective I would have never thought about. Yeah. So that was kind of cool. Like, well, okay, there is a a purpose to that. But again, there's mods out there that you can make everything look realistic. So you could play Minecraft and have the realistic mod and enjoy the beauty of the game. And you know what, Brian, in another universe that is happening right now. (laughs) Is it the evil universe with the goatee with (laughs) Abed? (laughs) No, No, it's just yet just one of an infinite number of universes where there's a version of me who is enjoying the heck out of Minecraft right now. I love it. I love it. Dude, speaking of multiverses, um, actually, this has nothing to do with multiverses, but I'm going to say it. Actually, no, it doesn't. All right. Cobra Kai. Let's talk Cobra (laughs) Kai, man. I got to get this out. Season five is out. It's been out for a week now. I did a review on episode one, a quick little reaction. And so I talked about that. And by the way, if you've not seen that already, do go to the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash the real Brian did a quick video with the mad scientist. Actually, we did it in under 10 minutes. It was amazing. We talked about episode one, our reaction to the season so far. I'm going to be very, very non-spoilery here and very basic because I don't want to give anything away yet. I got to tell you, dude, you're in, you're in for a treat. I loved it. It's amazing to me how five seasons in they're still able to create exceptional exceptional story that hooks you draws you in still incredible even even episode one of season five happened to do even more character development that you actually care about it just blows my mind because most shows start bombing by the fourth or fifth seasons you know so cool it's amazing um if any, well, I don't, again, I don't want to give any spoilers away if you haven't even seen season four yet, but it picks up right after season four the setting changes a little bit from some of the previous seasons and it works. It's amazing. Like sucks you right in. They nailed it. It's, it's so good. So I'm excited to see where they go with it. And uh, yeah, I hope they keep going. I, they got to keep going with the show. Really? It's I can't amazing. wait. I, I, I haven't, believe it or not, I haven't started watching it yet, uh, but I am going oh, to start this weekend. So yeah. Yeah. I love it. Uh, dude, star girl season three is already out. Didn't know that. And so I was like, Oh, it's okay. So I watched episode one, which I loved it. Now, here's the thing. I loved season one of Stargirl. I enjoyed season two, but it was a little darker than I prefer personally. Although I know some people like even Lord Thunder who said they liked it better than season Mm, one. Okay. So again, that's just a preference issue. It was still solid, solid quality. But season three, the first episode was like, yep, same thing. Sucked me right in. Very good. Still awesome. They're still doing a great job with it. And again, the the characters are just amazing and the development's amazing. And I, I mentioned that, you know, Joel McHale, 
um, is appearing for now. Anyway, I don't, I I think he's a guest. I don't think he's planning on being a regular, but that's been really awesome just to have him in there too. So such a good show. I love it. If you're a star girl fan to me, it's, it's definitely up there as one of my top DC shows, if not anymore. I mean, of course, seasons one and two of Arrow. I don't think anyone can top that for me anyway, but um, Stargirl <laughs> beats out most of the other DC shows that have ever come out. It's just amazing. So and and if you're a it. community fan, you get to see Joel McHale. Exactly. You get to see, uh, you see Jeff again. Yeah. yeah, Jeff is Starman. <laughs> and he's still got the pecs. You know that uh, Dean Pelton's always like, ooh, Jeff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then here's another one. Star Trek Lower Decks season three is out already too. Didn't realize wow. that. But then I was realizing that, yep, that was a year ago already. I, I can't s- believe it's been a year ago. I still haven't seen season two. I think you I should. watched season one and I liked it. Yeah, I just like haven't, it. I haven't picked season two up yet. So I need to do that. Season two was definitely better than season one for me. Okay, um, good. Season one was kind of ridiculous and season two, they, they added a little bit more to it and it was a little more depth to it. Okay. But uh, I believe four episodes are out by now already, which once again, didn't realize it. So got to catch up on that. And um, so I'll talk about that more next week, but also Thor love and thunder. I never got to see it in the theater. I was really disappointed by that. Yeah, that's right. You never, it never came together for you. No, uh, it's on digital now. So same thing. I'm going to watch it and I'll talk about my thoughts on that next week because I know how much you loved it. And interestingly enough, you were the only one that I talked to that absolutely loved it. Everyone else thought it was decent to okay. Really? Yeah. yeah no, I, it was interesting. I, I liked it. I liked it just as much as Ragnarok. And I, and I've also heard uh, other people I've talked to about it say, you know, I, I, they liked Ragnarok a little better, mm-hmm. but I thought it was at least as good as Ragnarok. That's just me. Yeah, no. And that's, that's, well, it's interesting because even talking with some of the other guys about Orville, ugh, anyway, I'm still working my way through. I got to be honest. I got stuck on episode eight of Orville. It's the, here's my thoughts on Orville. Way, 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 way too much focus on the Mocklin slash Topa storyline again. Like they, they focused on that in season one and then they focused on it in season two and then they're focusing too much on it in season three. I don't have any problem with the storyline. It's just, it's too much of it. It's not uh, my favorite yeah. storyline. And so it's kind of like, okay, and I'm stuck on episode eight because of that. Like, I'm kind of like, is it over yet? Can we please move on? And then the other storyline that they're putting way too much time on is the Isaac and Claire storyline, which is just getting kind of old for me. So I hope they're done with that. But I heard that episode nine was fantastic. Like I heard it was the best one of the season. Oh, cool. I heard episode 10 was okay. And then I heard some people say episode 10 was hot trash and hope they don't renew. Ah, interesting. So I'm going to, is that the last episode of the season or is that just the, okay. Which is, I mean, granted, this is what I've heard. I haven't watched. So I'm going to watch it and give some thoughts on that because I know that the show's kind of in, uh, it's in a precarious situation. Are they going to be able right. to renew or not? But I got to be honest. Um, I love the Orville. I love the show. I want it to continue. I think strange new worlds was far, far, far better for season one than Orville season three has been, even though I really enjoyed Orville season three. Mm-hmm. I think to be honest, in some ways, Orville season two was better than three for me. But there are parts of season three that I think have been phenomenal. Like there are a couple of episodes that was like, wow, this was like, you know, Star Trek, the next generation, the inner light level um, of, yeah. of excellence. And so I, I, but then there's some other episodes where I'm like, I'm yawning my way through it. So I don't know. Okay. Um, I, I don't want the show to end though. Cause I just love the show anyway, but we'll see. But dude, you know how you saw Elvis? Yes. And with I had not yet my movie buddy. Yeah. I finally got to see it came out on digital. I didn't also oh, didn't get to see it in the theater, which was a bummer, 
but um, I did watch it. And of course I'm hugely into movies about musicians and bands and stuff, obviously um, yeah. just being a musician myself. I got to tell you, dude, you were right. It was so good. So, so, so good. Like they portrayed him so well. I was reading later. How true is this? And yeah. Priscilla and Lisa Marie Presley both had said, you know, this is pretty dang close to the facts. I don't good. know and if I, they're just I, saying that or what, but I'm going to trust that it is. Yeah. And especially coming from Priscilla, that means a lot. So, yeah. I mean, she lived through a good chunk of it. So, and, and yeah. personally experienced that whole thing. So that, that was good to hear yeah. from her. Well, it's interesting, you know, cause there's always so much mystery around musicians and artists like that. Um, and also legends and stuff like that. So you never really know like what's true and what they went right. through, but right. being a musician, you know, I got to tell you, um, there's a, there's a thing called the artist temperament. And so this, this is usually very true for creatives. So if you're a musician, an artist or, you know, any kind of a creative, but someone who's like really, really creative, you happen to have usually a very interesting mental temperament, emotional temperament that a lot of other people don't have. So you feel emotions really deeply, really strong sometimes. And so good or bad or sad or angry or whatever. I mean, it's, it's just like, it's not like bipolar or what is that? Like, is it, yeah, it's bipolar now. Not they don't call it manic depressive anymore. It's now it's bipolar. All the terms keep changing. I can't keep up. Anyway, it's not like That's that. Right. It's not like you have a, a disorder or something like that. But it's just your emotions are are very strong because you feel them so much. And so, I mean, I've experienced that throughout my life too because that's just kind of, that's who I am as well. And well, I've known a lot of people like that. I wouldn't call that bipolar because bipolar is a serious psychological issue that some people have. A lot of people have that, mm-hmm. that and that's not, that's not just them experiencing emotions strongly. That's, that's them not being in balance in the head. Like some days they'll be, mm-hmm. they'll, it, it, they'll be manic and other days they'll be depressed and angry and, and lash out at people. And yeah, exactly. I've known bipolar people. No, I know. And that's You're what I said. That. It's not, no, I know that that's why I was distinguishing that it's not that at all. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, sorry, but no, I appreciate you clarifying that too. Cause that's important because I know some bipolar people as well and they're not creatives or artists either. Okay. So the creatives and the artists, and again, artists I'm using in a very broad term. So musicians, right, right. all that. Um, the people that I've known that are, are the artist temperaments are very, very much like this. It's like we're, we're all in that same boat. So interestingly enough, you know, when I've been watching the Queen movie, the Bohemian Rhapsody, and then watching Rocket Man about Elton John and stuff, and now this, you really got to see how the emotions were going in these people. And especially with this movie, I, I felt like they portrayed Elvis's emotions very realistically. And Austin Butler did such Dude. a good job. Like he deserves Oscar. the Oscar of the decade. He is so good. Yeah. He sounds and acts and looks like Elvis. The singing, I told you this, you know, in a couple of episodes ago, it's a mixture of Elvis's actual recordings and Austin's recordings. Okay. And yeah. he spent a year training because he's already a musician, by the way, he's already a guitarist, but he spent a year training how to play the guitar like Elvis and how to sing like Elvis, like intensive that's commitment. And then he got in there and you're just yeah. like, and he nailed it. Like it has got to be probably the best performance of an actor portraying a musician that I've ever seen in any movie so far. It was that good. So yeah. amazing. But I got to tell you, man, like again, being an artist, understanding the emotions, the ending really was hard to watch for me. Uh, yeah, because I've been there. I've said these things and I'm not proud to admit this actually. Uh, 
and I'm okay. So don't call somebody to come, you know, take me away on a white van or something like that. <laughs> he please. doesn't need intervention. No, yeah. no, please. I'm okay. Trust me. But I'm saying as an artist <laughs> and as a creative, you say these things because you, you, you feel things so deeply, but he was saying this at the very end. Elvis was saying like, I've never, he was talking to Priscilla actually in the car and he's talking about, I've never had an impact. I've never made a difference. Never done anything lasting. Nobody's going to remember me. This was in 1972, I want to say, or three, or it was. It was in the early 70s when he said this. And Which is then, fascinating because he, he. I mean, he, that that's clearly something's wrong with his head when you're saying things like that. Because if anybody could say that they've had a obvious impact and made a difference and that uh, they've done something lasting, even by the, especially by the early seventies, Elvis is that guy. Oh, but you missed a very key point then. No, it's just been a while since I saw it. Good. Yeah. (laughs) So the other thing, you know, she said, well, don't give up on your dreams. And he said, I'm all out of dreams, you know, and I'm, I've literally said those words. Like I'm out of dreams. I've never done anything lasting. I don't know if I'm ever going to make a difference. Nobody's going to remember me. I've literally said those words and I'm like, dude, Well, here's the thing. First of all, clearly, like you just said, Elvis made a huge difference. He is considered the king of rock. Um, He is the greatest solo artist, like the greatest selling solo artist of all time still. And I mean, clearly he's left a massive legacy, but here's the thing. And this is what um, uh, this this, to your point, actually, when he was saying those things, in the seventies, he was being called a washed up has been musician by a lot of people. His, uh, his crowds yeah. had shrunk. He was right. stuck in Vegas. He wasn't making the difference that he made back in the fifties and sixties. And so he had, it's kind of like the, the glory days of, you know, your younger years, right. And you get older and all of a sudden things aren't as good anymore. And so you're thinking like, I'm a has been, I'm a, there's nothing left for me. I haven't done anything lasting. I did stuff back then, but everybody doesn't like me anymore. And at that time, that actually was happening and they, people were telling him that. And so that's what he was believing. Yeah. So that it wasn't sense, until yeah. he died. And now here we are, you know, gosh, 50 years later already almost. That's crazy. That's well, 40 something years later. But the point is, is we're, we're that much further. And now of course, everyone's like, well, man, look at the, the legacy he left, but he didn't know that at the time. Right. So, and that's what I was saying about it. Cause they were talking about, they were, they were playing some recorded messages from the news and other things are like, well, Elvis is a washed up, you know, has been musician. And you could hear those in the background a little bit. Yeah. That was I, pretty I just, hard, man. I, I love when filmmakers do these kinds of biopic movies, like walk the line with Johnny cash. Mm-hmm. That's the, that's, that's the other movie that I think of that. I loved so much that that's like Elvis because I, you know, it's about, you know, these movies about, about cultural icons, uh, because it, it makes me appreciate the subjects more, especially when yeah. I'd never really appreciated them before. Yeah. Like I, I was never a Johnny Cash fan and then Walk the Line came out and I didn't become a Johnny Cash fan, but I really appreciated his legacy after that movie. Same exact thing with Elvis. I mean, I, yeah. I've never liked yeah. Elvis. Uh, I've never liked his music. I've, I've, I've respected his, his legacy and the power he's had in the industry. I never, I it just never did it for me, but this movie was just fantastic in spite of that. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty amazing you know, movies like this with Elvis and, and some of the other ones, it's like they, they, again, going back to showing the emotion and stuff like that. I think it's a good reminder for any of us who do deal with or struggle with discouragement or depression or despair, or any of those things like that, because Elvis never got to live to see this, that he really did make a huge difference and it was a, a pretty big legacy, but he never lasted long enough to see it. Don't discount what you're doing or have already done in life. True. Yeah. That's a good lesson to take from that. Yeah. 
when I'm struggling, it's like, it's time to dive into the music. And so I just went on a massive hunt for new music and stuff like that. This one actually was while we were uh, visiting my cousins, pop suite was my co-pilot for a little while. And so she took over the music and I said, go for it, play some fun music. And so she's like, do you know the fat rat? And I said, oh yeah, I know the fat rat. Thanks to Ben Tastic, <laughs> by the way, Ben Tastic introduced me to the fat rat. Um, he's a Canadian who, fat rat. <laughs> who's the, who is the fat rat, Brian? I've never heard of him. Oh, well, check him out. He's an artist. Well, there's so many artists out there nowadays. He so does some good EDM of, style music. music? It's, it, it's more EDM. EDM. Okay. EDM, yeah, electronic dance music, you know, stuff like that. So Got it's it. it's fun. Got it's it. really, really fun stuff. It's very energetic. So I was introduced to him, I think, in 2019. And so I started, you know, learning the music from there. He has a lot of guest artists that come in. Anyway, Pup Suite was playing Mayday. And I'm like, I've never heard this one. And apparently it was from 2018. So that's why I hadn't heard it. Um, it's an oldie, but I, I was just introduced to it. So I had to throw this one in because it is so much fun. It's like roll the windows down, crank up the music. Boo. Yeah, there it is. Fat rat mayday. If you've never heard it, that's a good one going along with that same style as Elenium has a new one called all that really matters. And the singer is Teddy swims. And oh my gosh, the lyrics dude, holy cow that like I was listening to the lyrics and I'm just going like, whoa, these are, these are powerful. So listen to those when you're listening to the awesome music there. Do you remember Al city? No, I've kind of lived in a bubble since the late nineties. And okay, I yeah, listen, right. you, you know me, I listen to some new music, like uh, in certain genres. Sure. I listen to new music, but if it's pop or anything popular, I don't know. I just don't know. Well, and this would have been two thousands at the time. He had a, a really famous song called fireflies. And I think that was in like 2008 or something like that. Something. I don't know. Okay. But he did a bunch of music for a while. And then last I heard of him was in 2017, kind of thought he was done for a while, but he came back and he's got a brand new song called forever and always. And it is it, like it, it starts off kind of fun, typical Al city. And then all of a sudden it's like, boom, it just gets into this, <laughs> this sweet beat, dude. So anyway, I like his name. I like his name because I like owls. His, his music is fun. <laughs> he has a very unique voice and it's kind of, he's the only one that, that sounds like it. It's pretty cool. And then, um, so I'm a huge fan sometimes of good quality, hard rock, like talent, good singing drummers that basically it looks like their arms are going to come out of their sockets because they're drumming so fast. (laughs) Yeah. Demon Hunter is the name of the band and they have a new song called master. Oh man. Let me just say that Sensei Lawrence would be very proud of me right now, especially if I was driving a quiet (laughs) driving a black Camaro with a Cobra painted on it. Oh my gosh, that song. I was playing it for the mad scientist because he's a drummer and he's just like, oh, the drummer's like, I can't even do it that fast with my mouth. It was. So there you go. Four songs. I'm going to put them into the TRBS 2022 Spotify mix because, oh my gosh, they're amazing. But um, we need an origin. Yeah, let's do an origin, dude. Do it. So this week's origin is the last straw. That's the last straw. Part part of me, for some reason, I knew where the last straw came from. Uh, but for some reason, part of me always wants to think of the last straw as, as like you know, when you're drawing straws and whoever draws the short, like something to do with the short straw. With and okay. they're totally different. Oh yeah, they have nothing to do with each other. Yeah, as all of you are going, yeah, we know, Captain. It's uh, okay. So I got this this info from gingersoftware.com, theidioms.com, and Wikipedia.com. I, I just mashed them all together. So beautiful. Also known as the final straw. The phrase, the last straw is used to describe the last of a series of undesirable or unpleasant events that makes you come to the realization that you can no longer accept a situation that has been worsening for a while. Nothing to do with the short straw. The origin of the idiom, the last straw, can be found in the 
old English proverb, quote, it is the last straw that breaks the camel's back, right? Mm, yep. The idiom is thought to have originated in the mid 1700s. Although I, I think I'd like to think that it came from way earlier than that. But yeah. the earliest example can be found in the Edinburgh Advertiser from May 1816. Hmm. Uh, by the way, I found the, this whole thing uh, about how uh, some people think it might be a biblical uh, proverb, but it the Bible has nothing about uh, straws and camels, uh, apparently, Interesting. Um, together. From the Edinburgh, Edinburgh, Edinburgh. Advertiser, yeah. quote, yet straw upon straw was laid till the last straw broke the camel's back, unquote. Attested versions of the proverb include in chronological order from 18, from 1677. It is the last feather that breaks the horse's back. Okay. Yeah. See, so in the 1600s, they were saying something similar from 1799 quote. It is the last straw that overloads the camel. And they're talking about like straw as in hay bale straw. I'm assuming. Yes. Okay, just making sure, like, because they didn't yeah, have, like, you know, plastic straws back then. No, of course not. Yeah, it's <laughs> hay bale straw, yes. And that was mentioned as an oriental proverb in 1799. Oh, so okay. from 1832, you have, it was the last ounce that broke the back of the camel. Okay. From 1836, the last straw will break the camel's back. Mm-hmm. From 1848, as the last straw breaks the laden camel's back. From 1876, this final feather broke the camel's back. <laughs> so people obviously took this basic idiom and just made all sorts of versions of it as people are wont That's to hilarious. do. Just really quickly, other variants are the straw that broke the donkey's back, the last peppercorn breaks the camel's back, the melon that broke the monkey's back, the feather that broke the camel's back, the straw that broke the horse's back, the hair that broke the camel's back, the last ounce broke the camel's back. That's literally like a a couple of people sitting around at two in the morning, trying to think of other things they could come up with. And they're delirious from exhaustion. Yes. (laughs) That's awesome. So the phrase has been compared with Seneca's discussion on why death is not to be feared. And Mm. I apologize, everyone. I did not, I I meant to research when Seneca wrote it was, it was thousands of years ago uh, or maybe many hundreds of years ago, starting with a mention of the commonplace we do not suddenly fall on death, but advance towards it by slight degrees. We die every day. And I, mm-hmm. and I thought that was really interesting. It's like, yeah, well, that's, it's a duh, but it's an interesting way to look at it, that we are every day, we're dying a little bit. And, yeah. <laughs> and, and thinking that way is not really, it doesn't really go with our show, to be honest. But Seneca compares life to a water clock. It is not the last drop that empties the water clock, but all that which previously has flowed out. Similarly, the final hour when we cease to exist does not of itself bring death. It merely of itself completes the death process. Mm. We reach death at that moment, but we have been a long time on the way. So <laughs> I thought that was an interesting little add on to, yeah. to the whole meaning of the idiom. I was like, well, why, why'd they go off on this tangent? I think I will too. That looks interesting. So fascinating. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that, you know, and it's so funny that you say that because uh, I was doing the whole Milton thing. You know, that's the last straw. I just, I, that's one of my favorite quotes <laughs> from, from office space, you know, back in the day when they did that. Yes. <laughs> that's so funny. So I appreciate, I, you know, I did not know the, the origin of it at all. So I appreciate Me that. Me neither. Yeah. yeah. So. Love it, man. Well, Hey, thanks for joining us. We wanted to keep this episode, you know, to our time limit as usual, but um, well, we didn't do it last week, but we were gone no. for a couple weeks. So this week we wanted to get back to that, but really yeah. appreciate you joining us. We'll be back next week. Hope you have a, a glorious week as always. And don't forget, you know, to, Subscribe to the YouTube channel if you've not already done that because we're doing some stuff over there. So go check out the videos and stuff. Oh, I, I did that uh, multi-passionate uh, versus ADHD video. That is now out. So make sure to go check that one out too in addition to the Cobra Kai and some of the other stuff we've done. 
of course, if you're not subscribed to the podcast, then well, dang it, do it. Deep thoughts with Captain Influence. If someone tells you that's the last straw, ask them if they're really sure. Couldn't they use just a little more straw? You might have a future as a straw salesman. I think um, the music is telling me something, but I'm not sure what it means, actually. Well, maybe you should look and see if there's any openings as straw salesman. It's a good somewhere. idea, actually. You know, you, that's, I think you kind of caught me off guard. You got me thinking about that. So yeah, we'll see what happened. kind of uh, classifieds we've got or job openings or whatever. But hey, have a glorious week. Thank you for joining us. The Real Brian Show is signing off. The Real Brian Show is a production of 514 Media at 514mediaempire.com.